Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The people that use debt for growth are always going to come out on top. There's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Bad debt is you borrowing $10,000 off a credit card to take the family for vacation. Good debt is you buying a piece of equipment that's going to help you bring in more revenue. Good debt is borrowing to uh, launch a new marketing campaign. So if you think of anyone that's built anything worth building, you'll see that they did it with other people's money. Very few people are actually self-funded. There's good credit and bad credit. And so we encourage consumers to think carefully before taking out new credit. When someone's starting out a business, they usually start as a consumer, as someone who's often heard that narrative that credit is dangerous. But in the world of small business financing, a lot of credit is good credit. You might want to buy a building, of course, but you also might want to buy a machinery or upgrade your doctor's rooms or recruit a sales team in a new region that will take a year to become profitable. And so we need to maybe reevaluate our fear of credit when we start a business and see it as the tool that it is. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Jonathan Federa, welcome to the show. You are currently the president of Integrated Business Financing, a lending marketplace that specializes in getting small businesses into the best financing programs they qualify for. But this is a position you've reached after 14 years in the business financing game. So maybe let's start with that. What is your professional background? So my professional background was always in small business lending. For a brief time, I worked on Wall Street. I, believe it or not, ran a hockey rink. But uh, after working on Wall Street, I, re- I got recruited into uh, small business finance or fintech space, basically built up a couple of companies and I wound up consulting for a couple of the large companies out there. And I helped them build their internal sales channels, their, their sales platforms. And there were two things I didn't like. The first was I was never in control. So a lot of times I got incentivized with equity. And when it came time to pay out that equity, it never happened. And then second, and more to what really bothered me was there was a lot of times that clients were too qualified or it wasn't the right program for what these companies offered. So when this happens, clients need other programs. And these big fintech companies don't have them. Most of the banks don't have them. Like if you walk into Chase and ask them for invoice factoring, or ask them for equipment financing or something very, very specific that your business actually needs that's the right program, they don't have it. They don't know it. And what happens is it's kind of like building a house with the wrong tools. Eventually, when you cut enough corners, 
the house is going to fall. Well, same thing with a business. If you're not using the right tools to, to help solve that challenge of either growth, scaling, or an emergency, you can only, you know, use patchwork, you know, solutions so long and so much. So what I did was I, I made it a point to go and study all these other programs, figure out who had the best process, the best end rates and end results. And then I brought them all under one umbrella where, hey, we really will wind up getting you into the best solution possible for your business. Instead of just being the guy to get money, you're the guy for you know most types of business growth needs and our clients wind up sticking around much longer and we get a lot more referrals because of it. And you've come into this as a small business owner yourself. So I don't just mean integrated business financing, but well you said you've run a an ice rink as well, but you've, you own two gyms in your portfolio. You know what it means to be a small business owner trading with the public. What has that taught you uh, about what the needs are of uh, your clients? That's a great question. So if I could look back on making the investment, I did it because I wanted to diversify and I did it because I believe in a mission, right? I believe in having people live a healthier life. So owning these two fitness studios, it's been definitely a learning process because I am not used to that. I'm used to business lending and, and working strictly B2B. Well, B2C is a different game. Retail, when you're local, is a different game because right now, you know, Integrated is a national company. So we help people from all over the country. And I even do have a coaching program now along with Integrated to kind of give small business owners the guidance they need called Integrated Growth Solution, right? And so what we do is we're guiding them step-by-step step how to grow their business. Well, owning a gym and owning a national company, they're so different. So there's different challenges on each. For the gym, it's mostly people. Right. You have to have the right people in there for integrated. It's all right. What are the lead costs? Where are we reaching our clients? Are they qualified? If they're not qualified, what do we do with them? Cause we still want to be able to at least make a positive impact somehow. So you learn a lot. I mean, I do real estate investing too. And that is way more hands off than either of the other two businesses. So yeah, you, it's definitely a great learning experience. I can tell you that. Yeah, and uh, I think you touched on this a little bit. You know, my own background, I'm now sort of a very small business owner, not yet large enough to warrant financing. But if I thought about what that might look like, I think I might just assume from my years working in the banks that there isn't really much in the way of business financing, that it's something for the big corporates or get some angel investors in. But what sort of businesses are you helping? Am I mistaken there? Are there more options in the market than maybe people think at first? Yeah, I think there's way more options. You know, part of the coaching group I have is to give everybody a review for free. Basically, with that, we're pulling their personal credit, a soft pull, pulling their business credit, and then we're doing a cash flow analysis. So even if you are a small business, I would think the majority of my clients are doing around 600,000 a year. I have some that are doing close to 20 million a year, and then I have some that might be doing 120,000, right? If you're doing $30,000 a month, you can qualify for a line of credit. If you're doing less than that, but you have good margins and good credit, you can maybe get an SBA loan or some type of equipment financing. Or what we do a lot of is when someone has really good credit and they can prove their income, we do a term loan. So it doesn't matter how large you are. I think there's certain key metrics that you want to just make sure are in line. You know, and a couple of those are you want to have good personal credit. You want to have good business credit. The one thing no one really can control is how long they've been in business, but that's another key factor to it. And then last but not least is cash flow. You want to be able to keep at least 10% of your monthly sales in the bank at all times. So if you're doing $30,000 a month, you want to have at least 3000 in the bank at all times. 
All right. So there's little, little key metrics that if you keep in line, it'll help. And then other things is like when we do those reviews for our clients, you'd be shocked at what we find and what we pick up. Like anybody that's using Stripe, Square, or PayPal to accept payments, we automatically tell them we can switch them, get them one, better customer service, two, a better setup and better equipment, and three, save them a lot of money. So we look for ways, no matter who the business owner is, to kind of optimize their business. So as they grow and scale, one, they're keeping more profit to themselves. And two, getting into the right programs is a little bit easier. So yeah, there, there's financing programs out there for everybody. I mean, the smallest deal we've done is probably 5,000 bucks. But for the most part, I would say our average deal size is, is going to be closer to 70 or 80,000. And a lot of that is skewed because there's a new program, SPA Flash Cap, that's basically a 7A, but with much less documentation, way quicker underwriting times, you know, it actually goes off of 30% of the top line rip. So if somebody's doing 500,000 a year, we can get them 150,000 at a clip. So yeah, I saw you on your LinkedIn, you've got a, a little video primer there just to give some people the pointers and, and they can probably go there and, and have a look. But for those of us outside of the business financing space, maybe we could take a step back and just talk about first, sort of what is SBA? An SBA loan is a uh, is a loan that a bank writes that is guaranteed by the Small Business Administration. So basically, the only time the SBA ever underwrote quote unquote deals or loans was when they had the disaster relief programs. Other than that, the bank underwrites it and writes the deal entirely. And then the SBA gives it a stamp of approval and says, yes, this works. We'll guarantee it. Okay. So you get to benefit in terms of rates and availability by having that co-signer coming from the SBA. Correct. And not only that, but an SBA loan is traditionally a little bit longer, a little bit harder to get, but it's usually 6.75% over 10 years. And that varies according to prime or interest rates. So if interest rates go up, that rate will go up a little bit. If interest rates go down, you know, that'll go down a little bit. Yeah. Now, my background's all in the consumer side. And in terms of consumer lending, I mean, the basic idea is that consumer lenders will try and form large groups of similar customers so that they can sell a product that feels customized because they'll be able to get a bit more margin there. But they want the back end to actually be one size fits all so that their costs are down. And so you're always looking at tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers at a time. But obviously, small business, it can't be that way. Every business is so different that is a, a different approach. What If you sort of put yourself in the mindset of a small business lender, what are these lenders looking at? What are they thinking about? And maybe how could a small business use that knowledge to plan ahead so that they are in the best position possible when they do want to apply for credit to grow their business to yeah, take them to a new market or whatever the case may be? That's a great question. So boils down to really four factors. It's going to be credit. And when I say credit, it's both business and personal. A lot of people don't understand that their business actually has a credit score and that it's something that you actively have to work on. It's actually something that uh, a service we provide for our clients. Next is personal credit. Just like when you go to buy a car or, or a house, you need strong personal credit because that's tied into it as well. The next is going to be your time in business. That's one factor that you can't really control, but the longer you've been in business, the less risky the business is the lend to, right? So think about it. Most businesses fail in the first two years. So once you make it past there, you're in a different risk category. Once you make it past five years, you're in a different risk category. And most businesses fail because of cash flow, which is the next point. 
So having strong cash flow. Cash flow encompasses a lot of different things. It's what are your monthly sales? What are your average daily balances? How many deposits do you have? So you have, let's say, 100 transactions a month. You know, you're pulling from a good group of clients at any one time. If you have four deposits a month, well, you may only have four clients. That matters. And then, you know, cash flow. Like when I say cash flow, how much are you keeping at the, in the bank at all times? Are there any negative days? You know, are there any low, low balance days or are you keeping that 10% in the bank at all times? And then when you're discussing more bankable programs, because some of our programs are, you know, working capital, some are line of credits and, th- and those are all done through fintech companies. But the other programs like equipment financing, SBA loans, you know, those are going to go off of credit and your profit margins as well. So they look at your two years of tax returns. They see, all right, you were able to claim, you know, 40,000 in profit last year. So theoretically, you could probably afford a $3,500 a month payment if you're getting this piece of equipment or if you're taking out an SBA. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The other thing that a lot of people don't know is, you know, there's certain magic numbers ahead. If For every 45000 in profit that you claim on your taxes, you can get basically 350k over 10 years on a 7a. So what I like to tell people is all right, let's plan out your growth for the next year or two. If you know you need 700,000 to buy a building or uh, a million to buy a building, well you have to have your profit margins aligned with that. And then typically what you would take out is you subtract the rent that you're currently paying because you're going to replace that rent with a mortgage payment. So a lot of people do not plan out ahead. A lot of people kind of run a business by the seat of their pants. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we see. And I've been guilty of it at times, believe it or not. You know, you you have to have good bookkeeping. You have to have monthly statements and financials, and you have to review them to understand the the real direction that your business is going. A couple of years into lockdowns and things now, but a lot of people left their work. They went to start a business on their own, working out the spare bedroom. There's a big temptation to spend a year or two getting it up off the ground and then worry about it in the future that, okay, when, you know, when it's big enough, I will start it as official business and I'll do all that stuff. But clearly, the sooner you start officially as a business and you've got your books in order, even if it's going to take you a year or two to hit those profits, the more that you've got in in the background that's in the right format, that's registered and stamped and everything's in place, the quicker you're going to be able to get things going. You don't want to be two years down the line and then only registering a company and then having to wait two years just till 
someone will give you a loan. So I think it is worth bringing this up where people think about that extra few hundred dollars for an accountant up front. If you're planning ahead, you know, it can really pay off. And I think in terms of what you've said so far, you know, this is clearly what is different to me just going to a bank and looking for a loan. You know, I'd never sit with a banker who's going to then tell me this plan two years ahead and maybe you shouldn't be doing this. You know, often people get into business because they love the industry they in, not necessarily because they like the idea of business. And we don't know until somebody says no to us and we find out, oh. Yeah, if I just made 5000 more a year, I would now be yeah, ready to buy a building or something pretty dramatic for the life of a business. So that's great to hear. And so you're providing this sort of support, but what other products and services are under this integrated business financing umbrella? So we do everything from SBA loans, equipment financing, invoice factoring, lines of credit, ABL lines, working capital lines or cash advances, term loans. Term loans is really our only program that people can use if they don't own a business. It's just going to go off their credit and their approval income. And so in that case, you know, you can use it to consolidate credit card debt or the money for uh, startup costs. We also help people with their payment processing. We help people build their business credit. We've done some PO financing, some project funding. So we really do have every program that an entrepreneur could want or need. And then we just added, like I said, that element of coaching and consulting in there. So basically what I did was I took experts in personal credit, business credit, growth strategies, marketing, branding, website building, taxes, accounting, bookkeeping, and I put them into one group. It's a very low monthly fee to start now. And basically they'll get discounts on the services. Plus they get, you know, we do uh, five hour long Q and A's a month to kind of help business owners get the right information. Obviously people can go on YouTube, but there's so many people on YouTube that put out misinformation. There's so many people or coaches that have truly never run a business that have no idea really what they're doing. They just built a little bit of a coaching program. So our goal was kind of to eliminate that and to essentially find people that are willing to help them grow their business, whether you're at seven figures and you want to go to eight, eight to nine, or you're just trying to get the business up off the ground. You know, small business is the lifeblood of this country. Most people are employed by a small business and we still produce most of the country's GDP. And it feels like the last three years, small business has been under attack. Without small business, a a lot of the opportunity that we have in this country is gone. And that's why I put this stuff together. That's why I care so much. Yeah. And if somebody was traditionally sort of thinking, well, I need a bit of money, but I also need a mentor. I also need somebody to tell me which questions I need to be looking into. They might be thinking of, okay, I need an investor. And I've seen you talk sort of quite passionately about why people should really think carefully before they set up some equity early on. So what are your thoughts about credit? You know, often it gets a bad name. And so maybe people think, oh, I should stay away from credit. Well, I'm a little jaded. So I've had three or four failed partnerships. What happens in partnerships is one person always works harder and there's always some level of resentment towards the other ones. And traditionally, that's definitely been my case. The only time you should ever partner up is when you thoroughly know the person and know their their work habits. And I would never take on a partner in this stage for cash. One, because it's too easy to get debt. And then two, because when you do succeed... Giving up that equity for life is always going to be substantially more expensive, both in monetary terms and in peace of mind terms. So I don't like the whole partnership model. I, I truly, truly don't. I like JVs a lot. I do a lot of them. 
with certain companies, you know, like a marketing company, a payment processing company, I look for other companies that served in the same, same clients and see how we can help each other. But in terms of would I prefer cash through debt or cash through equity? I would always choose cash through debt. You know, you could always find a coach, you could always find a consultant or a mentor. And typically you're going to have a lot less challenging. And, you know, anytime there's a disagreement, depending on how quickly that disagreement escalates, I mean, that could be very, very expensive. And truth be told, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And I think that's where, again, a service like yours, where you take away some of that fear because it can be daunting. You, you, you can think, well, let me research what I want to do and go onto YouTube, go, go to get some books out from Amazon and just think, nah, there's too much going on here and lean towards an ownership. And as you said, forgetting that the 25% you give away now is 25% for life. And when you've gone from 10,000 to a million, that 25 is going to look really expensive compared to what a loan was. So yeah, I think it's great to hear that there's channels available to entrepreneurs to think through more than just he has a, a menu of loans, but somebody in their corner that can talk them through it and help them prepare. So that's great to you. And I think what was interesting for me as well, sort of looking through some of your clients, and you've mentioned it already before, but there really is a wide range of different people that you're helping out from you know, doctors financing new and uh, new practices to like, heavy machinery and manufacturing. This is small business, small business in all its forms, you're able to finance people that are doing pretty much any type of business. Yep. And I mean, I even work with franchises. I mean, it's just about finding how this owner or how this business qualifies and what they're looking to do and then matching up the program to what, what they need in order to accomplish their goals. And what somebody needs in their first, let's say, two years isn't what they're going to need from year two to year five and year five to year 10. Uh, sometimes it is like SBA loans work for everybody. Lines of credit work for everybody. Equipment financing usually works for everybody except the new guys. But it's having somebody. And I think one of the coolest things I've heard is very true is if you don't have a uh, banker, you don't have a bank. Well, banks can't serve you at a certain level. So you need to find that person that can. And it's, that's really, really the key to growth is having the right people in your corner, building out the right network and building the right relationships. We're obviously in pretty turbulent times now for consumers and for small businesses. You are kind of at the coalface, I guess, seeing the impact on a number of different businesses in different ways. So how are you suggesting business owners think about their credit situation in the, the wake of runaway inflation and sort of general cost of living rises? Is that changing how people should approach credit? That's a really good question. There's a couple different things I want to touch on. First, I think that everybody should know where they stand. So if anyone wants to come in for a review, just hit up one of the links of the sites and ask for a review. We'll do that for you. But one, you always want to be in a really strong position to borrow, meaning have personal credit in order, have your business credit in order. And if they're not, be willing to pay a pro to have them help you. Two, understand your cash flow, understand the models. And then three, every single business should have a line of credit. And with how easy this flash cap program is, I've told all my clients to go in and get it. I, I'm actually getting it myself because having that extra cash gives you flexibility in the future to one, jump on opportunities and, and two, to play a little defense if things get a little crazy. Now, you asked a question about, you know, what's going on with inflation, having the cash in the bank is kind of counterintuitive to inflation. 
right? As inflation's going up, that cash is worth less and less. However, cash is still going to be king in this this time. And yes, we have and we're dealing with crazy, crazy inflation, but we're also dealing with things that we've really never dealt with before in terms of supply chain issues. So retail is going to have a little bit more of a challenge because they have to make sure that they can handle getting the inventory and getting it consistent. That means reaching out to other vendors. I do think that as this economy contracts, people are going to have to get really, really strategic. Not only have the cash on hand, have a, a line of credit open and available, but look for people who serve the same clients and serve the same clients well and see how you can work together with those JVs or joint ventures, right? Because that'll bring down marketing costs or your, your acquisition costs. You can't have enough of those relationships going into these times. Also, make sure that you are really taking care of your clients and that you're not treating it like a transaction because there's never been a better time to build brand loyalty, build customer loyalty than in difficult times because that's what's going to help everybody get through. And then another one that I see a lot of people make this mistake, they're not omnipresent and they're certainly not consistent posting on social media. And a lot of people think when you post on social media, it should be buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. Sorry, Brent, Brent, if we can't curse on this, but a lot of people get that wrong, right? You should be putting yourself in your client's mind and thinking, hey, what can really help them? So maybe show them what goes on behind the scenes. Show them how they can get some additional results that usually help them just by staying at home, right? You want to have a captive audience. And the way to build a captive audience is by giving them value on a daily basis. That has to do with what, you know, why they're coming into your store or why they use your services. So if you can look for things like that and be in a strong financial position heading into this recession, and we've already been in it, and it's a recession that has inflation. So basically, it's stagflation because we have a shrinking economy, we have inflation going up, and uh, we have unemployment going up. That's really how I would focus and, and play the next 6 to 12, 6 to 24 months. And because we have all those different things happening with the supply chain issues, I actually feel like it's a good opportunity for those that really put the blinders on and just charge your head forward and play a little bit of offense because most people are not playing it like that. Most people are getting very defensive and they're going to lose market share. So a lot of people have a great opportunity if you have the right mindset, the right coaching, and the right relationships behind you. Yeah, so having that wall chest to allow you to be flexible, I think yeah, you're right. It's going to be more important than ever in the next few years. Now, you mentioned coaching there. Earlier, we mentioned the two gyms you own, but you've also been an ice hockey coach, I see, for 16 years, which, yeah, maybe it's just a way to get out of the Florida heat. I don't know. But what do you bring to your professional life from your experience 16 years coaching kids how to play ice hockey? Uh, that's, that's funny. I actually haven't coached in a while. I coached a year ago. I moved from New York to Tampa and I was coaching in New York for 15, 16 years prior. So I've coached some kids that have been drafted that went on to put, have D1 scholarships. And I, I actually coached my son last about a year and a half ago. And that was some of the most rewarding stuff I've done. I still play, usually still play twice a week. But in terms of coaching, since we made the move, I haven't been coaching down there just because I've been so focused on had to get both those gym locations up and get my main office set up. So uh, now that that's all set up, I think maybe in the fall or maybe soon I'll get back into that side of it if my son wants to do that because it's a really big commitment. 
If people want to speak to you about your business coaching, if they want to speak to you about understanding better the way to get themselves you know, properly funded ahead of what's coming, if they just want to make sure that they're in the right position in terms of their credit profile and want to go through a quick audit with you, where's the best place for them to go and find out more about integrated business financing? They could go to the YouTube, which is just integrated business financing, or online. It's just jonathan.federa on Instagram, and I believe it's the same on Facebook. Or they could go through this podcast. I'm sure you'll have the links. Yeah, please reach out, mention the show, and I'd be happy to help anybody. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put all those notes down in the show notes here as well. Jonathan, thank you so much for making the time tonight. It's been a pleasure hearing from you. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed that, Please do rate and review on your preferred podcast platform and share widely, including on LinkedIn. And while you're there, send me a connection request. The show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange in Brighton, England, and edited with assistance by Kane Hunter. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find full written transcripts, show notes, and more content at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show. And I'll see you again next Thursday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.